On Sunday, President Biden celebrated his 80th birthday. Yes, give it up. All right, all right. 80. But you know what? I think his age is actually a strength at this point. The world is so crazy. I love having the stability and wisdom of those crowned with many winters. A man who has firsthand memories of bipartisanship, of a shared vision for America, of a time when ice came in wagons. Oh, but they're so funny, aren't they? See, that's why uh, Greg Gutfeld is beating them in the ratings every night. Because practically anything is funnier than, well, their attempts at comedy, at humor. Well, happy, uh, happy Tuesday to you on this Thanksgiving week. Many of you may have three-day work weeks common throughout America. Driving in today in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, the traffic is already, uh, it's like post-apocalyptic. It's like the Omega Man. Because in D.C., everybody's gone. They're, they're all in Martha's Vineyard saying, thank God there are no Brazilians here. They're still in a prison camp on Cape Cod, I think, uh, being fed bowls of gruel and hit with rifle butts every day. Rouse, rouse, or, 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 or. Because, you know, the Democrats, they took care of that problem. That's a, that's a thing. I do want to get into the border today because Joe Biden versus Ellis Island. I want to do a little. I've been talking about it. I've been dancing around this for uh, days now. But I, uh, I went and I did some research. That's what I do. I have access to the Internet where I am. Have you heard about this? The Internet? It's, uh, it, uh, they have everything in there. Uh, half of it's wrong. But if you find the right stuff, it can uh, be useful. And uh, I want to compare Joe Biden to two years of Joe Biden versus 62 years of Ellis Island being the gateway to America. You know, it's a, um, an immigration facility in uh, New York uh, Harbor. And, and uh, I told you a story recently about my grandfather. I was researching my grandfather, Jules Orteg Sr. And I went to Ellis Island uh, looking for him. And I found him coming into Ellis Island over and over and over again. And then I, I said, this is pretty weird. How many times could he immigrate to the United States? And, uh, and then I looked at the ship, and he came in on the same ship again and again and again. This is weird. And I looked up the ship, and it was a gambling ship. And it turns out that he was just, uh, he lived in New York, and he was going out. Uh, but when you, at uh, Bermuda on these gambling cruises, and then when you came back in at that time, the port of entry, the passport control, was Ellis Island. So they checked you in every time, even if you're just on a gambling junket. Kind of fun. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> good stuff. But uh, Joe Biden makes Ellis Island uh, look like really nothing Nothing was happening there. It uh, wasn't a busy place at all. For 62 years, Ellis Island, from the late 1800s to the mid uh, excuse me, the late uh, 1900s, uh, 1800s to the mid-1900s. Uh, uh, and um, uh, Joe Biden makes Ellis Island that, like they're, they're just pikers. They, they didn't take anybody in. They didn't do nothing. That wasn't much of a gateway compared to Joe Biden's administration. So I'll get to that. Joe Biden yesterday pardoned two turkeys. Turns out both turkeys have, uh, there's a test for this now, uh, have higher IQs than, uh, than Joe Biden does. They're more knowledgeable than Joe Biden. And uh, have you ever noticed when it rains, they try to keep Joe Biden out of the rain because when it rains, um, he looks up and stands there with his mouth hanging open, which can be lethal 
Uh, it's, you know, that this is a turkey thing. Turkeys are so dumb that when it rains, they, they sit there with their heads tilted up and their beaks open and they drown. This actually happens if you put a turkey in a driving rain. Uh, this is the story anyway. I've never raised turkeys or anything, but this is the book on uh, turkeys and on Joe Biden. Uh, and he talked about, and he, uh, and he got, uh, uh, what an idiot this man is. It's unbelievable what an idiot he is. He's the president of the United States. If you voted for him, I'm guessing, you know, you're dealing with a two-digit IQ also. Um, but he said that uh, Delaware has more chickens than any other state. Easily fact-checked. Not true. There, there was, uh, they had some people in there, people of color. It uh, looked like a family, I believe a uh, Latino family, and... Uh, Joe suggested to the little kids, how old are you? You're a father. How old would you say the little kids were? Five, six, seven? Five to eight. Yeah, five to eight years old. And he suggested they might want to start stealing stuff. <laughs> stealing stuff. And, you know, and maybe before you leave, loot the White House because he's looking, you know, it's uh, the little brown ones. And and he he looks at them and he thinks, thieves. That's what he thinks. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't want the White House to be a racial jungle. Come on. Got the who invited these guys? They probably want to steal pumpkins. That's what Joe Biden said. It's where his mind immediately went. Pretty amazing stuff. Not a uh, not a smart man. But we'll get to uh, we'll get to that because you know it's a little bit funny, as Elton John uh, said, and it's uh, and it's a lot tragic, really, because he's supposed to be the leader of the free world, but right now the free world has no leader because Joe Biden's living in the White House, and his granddaughter, who's a lawyer. And his granddaughter's brand-new husband, who's a lawyer, are living in the White House, too. They live up on the third floor uh, like, you know, gosh, like John Fetterman in the Capitol. <laughs> That's just so he, has, uh, so he can swing from the bells. <laughs> uh, what, a, what, a, uh, what a time this is in American political life. Also, the special counsel... The special counsel appointed by Joe Biden and his corrupt attorney general. Boy, is Merrick Garland corrupt. The one good thing we can say about him is that he's not on the Supreme Court. That's, that's the happy news. The sad news is he's America's chief law enforcement officer, and he's a corrupt left-wing party apparatchik who was prevented from ascending to the Supreme Court. So that's good. But he appointed a special counsel, what, about 72 hours after... President Trump announced he was running again for the presidency, said, I know, let's do something that'll take two years and derail all efforts. So now, what, Michael, we had that audio. We talked about this, but we didn't follow up on it last week of the uh, member of Congress who said, uh, who pointed out, uh, was it Jim Jordan? It was somebody who pointed out that the FBI and the Department of Justice and the intelligence community have been corruptly involved in every one of our recent presidential elections, you know, deviously derailing our presidential elections like they're running operations. And it is, it's not like they are running operations, intelligence operations against the American people on behalf of the Democrat Party and derailing Republicans while sniveling and groveling to the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party has so corrupted the permanent bureaucracy that the Justice Department, the FBI, the intelligence community are, uh, I think, you know, Putin stooges. They're uh, Russian agents, you know, just like Hillary Clinton said Tulsi Gabbard is. And, and like, uh, you know, like the Democrats said, the 
the owner of the computer store in Delaware where the crackhead uh, stripper, knocker-upper, Russian hooker, son of the president, um, you know, Hunter Biden, uh, left his laptop. Everybody's a Russian agent, right? You know who's a Russian agent? CIA Director John Brennan, who voted for the uh, under uh, CIA director under Barack Obama, who voted for the Communist Party candidate for president, Gus Hall, and was so proud of it, he bragged about it um, years later. Now, did you find that? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Um, because, honestly, I just, I love this audio, and this ought to be a part of the, the thing, because it goes with this special counsel, uh, and, and it is Jim Jordan from... Uh, a little over a week ago, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan on the FBI and the intelligence community tampering with our elections. You know, not Nicaragua, not Iran, but the United States of America having information operations run against us by our own filthy, rotten intelligence, communist voting, you know, uh, uh, made CIA director by Barack Obama, whose mentor was Frank Marshall Davis, a uh, senior member of the Communist Party. Here is Congressman Jim Jordan. When is the FBI going to quit interfering with elections? 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. 2020, they suppressed information about the Hunter Biden story. 2022, they raided the president's home 91 days before an election. Maybe it'd be nice if the FBI and the Justice Department just stayed out of it and let we the people decide who we think should represent us, who we think should lead us. That's supposed to be how America works. And it was just a few days later that uh, Merrick Garland, the chief law enforcement officer of the United States of America and attorney general to Joe Biden, appointed a special counsel who's a uh, he's busy with war crimes tribunals at The Hague. Uh, let's have him. Now, it turns out this guy is another Democrat Party deep state apparatchik who went after the Republican governor of Virginia for allegedly taking gifts and prosecuted him to the full extent of the law, but not Hillary Clinton for destroying tens of thousands of emails with untold numbers of classified uh, documents on there, according to J. Edgar Comey under oath, who reluctantly conceded that the classified documents existed on her illegal server full of State Department documents and classified documents. Never mind Mar-a-Lago, right? Um, this is uh, and and did President Trump destroy more than 30,000 documents like Hillary Clinton did with bleach bit? Did you scrub it with like with a towel or something? Yeah, we know you've never scrubbed anything with a towel. Right? Is that what she said a towel, cloth. a cloth, like with a cloth or something. She's never cleaned anything. But it turns out this guy is a uh, is a political hack and his wife of course, is one of the producers because she's in television because it's all a terrible television show. Uh, television, the Democrat Party, uh, the news media, uh, it's all the same thing. It's all a terrible television show. I've been saying it for years, and it, gosh, was I right about that, uh, and I continue to be. But it turns out the wifey is a left-wing media type who made a glowing fluffer documentary about how difficult life has been for Michelle Obama uh, from, you know, Princeton to Harvard Law School to Washington and with her husband in the Senate who never did anything but pick his nose and vote present. And uh, then he became president and, you know, he bombed more countries than any president since World War II, divided the country along lines of race. Uh, and uh, the, the McDonald story as well, governor of Virginia, which uh, this Jack Smith guy, he prosecuted him. 
and it was uh, it was a sleazy, slimy job, and they lied to the jury. The uh, Jack Smith did, and the Supreme Court threw out the case. It went all the way to the Supreme Court, but the uh, Republican governor McDonald, he was in line to run for president of the United States, but the Justice Department used Jack Smith to go after him, and they derailed his presidential ambitions. And then the story, the the case was thrown out in a nine-zero ruling by the Supreme Court, a unanimous ruling by the Supreme Court that this case must not stand. And that's okay. The news media is good with that because they're fluffers and not journalists at all. Uh, speaking of which, the CBS, I shared it with you yesterday. Uh, I believe we were the first to share it with you because, you know, they were still on the air when we grabbed it and, and started playing it. Uh, the CBS yesterday finally conceded, oh, yeah, that whole laptop thing. Yeah, that's all real. That's all true. Everything on there is true. That's not fake. Uh, and now that, you know, the presidential election and the midterm elections two years later are in the rearview mirror, now CBS News is willing to confess, and that's the right word, that they've been lying about it for well over two years. Uh, and they're a disgrace to what used to be called journalism. Uh, and and honestly, this new, here comes the FBI and the Justice Department again to tamper with another presidential election on behalf of the Democrat Party by targeting the political enemies, and that's the way they view America uh, and Americans, uh, by uh, 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 targeting their the political enemies of the Democrat Party. And uh, once again, it's Donald Trump. You'll be surprised to learn. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Man, oh, man. Uh, Ilhan Omar is now the victim because Kevin McCarthy said that she's a racist and an anti-Semite, and now she's the victim here. Pretty amazing stuff. The uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona retweets voter fraud screed. This is uh, great. At Maricopa County meeting, speaker turns out to be InfoWars conspiracy theorist. Have you seen this guy? He looks like your neighborhood drug dealer. You know, not that's a bad look. He looks just fine. But uh, pretty amazing stuff. And uh, there is uh, also the, uh, the New York Times targeting a, um, an online, um, online writer, you know, Dave Portnoy, Barstool this and Barstool that. Uh, pretty amazing story. The, uh, he's got proof in writing that the New York Times reporter lied to him and to everyone else that reads the New York Times. Uh, and at the same time, the Associated Press fired a reporter because uh, this reporter used a single anonymous source from the intelligence community. I think every story in the Washington Post today is based on a single anonymous source from the intelligence community. In uh, a uh, story that uh, Russia fired missiles into Poland, could have started a nuclear war between the U.S. Uh, and Russia, NATO and Russia. Uh, but, that, you know, it's just good reporting. So we've got uh, we've got all kinds of good stuff for you. And um, yesterday there was it was a historic day. Women in politics. I've got that for you. And Ellis Island. We're at 888-630-9625. There's only one Chris Plant. The Chris Plant Show. All right. I uh, yeah. Also, uh, yesterday was a historic day for women in politics in America. 
It was the 100th anniversary of the first woman being sworn in as a U.S. Senator, 1922. And uh, there's a, it's a tricky story, and I want to share this with you, because it's about the Democrat Party and the big lie that is the Democrat Party, the real big lie. Uh, let's go to the uh, telephones, Michael. Let's go to uh, let's go to Julie calling from Southern Maryland. Julie, 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 you're on the Chris Plant Show. Good morning, Chris. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, well, um, I got in my car like a couple minutes after your show started, and I, I heard you talking about Ellis Island, and I started laughing because I had gone to the bank with a friend of mine last weekend, and we were standing in line in the lobby, and there was a sign up on the wall that said, you know, it was talking about Ellis Island and how it was open for like 62 years, and I think they said 7 million people came through there, and, and you started, I didn't hear what you said, but I'm laughing, I looked at my friend and I was like, 7 million or whatever, I said, how many people are going to cross the border before Biden even gets out of office? This is ridiculous. <laughs> well, and that's exactly what I have uh, for you today. That's one of the stories I brought in with me. I've been bringing it in for days, but today I'm going to get to it because, uh, you know, the Ellis Island, the people at Ellis Island, the whole system, they were pikers compared to what the Democrats are doing today. Uh, and I find it interesting that the sign in the bank said seven million. I, I went to the Ellis Island website run by the National Park Service, and they said uh, more than 11 million, fewer than 12 million. Over, over the course of 62 years, over the course of 62 yeah, years. Right. I might have I, I couldn't remember exactly what the number was, but whatever it was, I was like, this is ridiculous because they're coming in under Biden way more than whatever that number was. Uh, and Ellis Island, of course, people were coming in legally and they were being, you know, you remember young Vito Andolini coming in and uh, Godfather, you know, in G1. And uh, they tested you for medical conditions and and they had a hospital there and they, you know, tried to not let in criminals, but they had. It was an island. You couldn't just do an end run, uh, end run around the horses, you know, uh, without getting lashed. This is the Chris Plant Show. There were three loud, reverberating explosions. Nobody moved. Everyone seemed stunned. A few seemed to look around, wondering who has the firecrackers. And suddenly the Secret Service men sprang into action. The convertible bearing the president and Mrs. Kennedy sped away. And officers, both plainclothes and uniformed, seemed to spring from everywhere at once, guns drawn, ordering people to lie flat. There are two witnesses who were near the president's car at the time of the explosions who say that shots were fired from which upper window we do not know. We do not know. And uh, that was... Uh... Pierce Ullman. Pierce Ullman was the reporter on the scene. The assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, President of the United States, Dealey Plaza, Dallas, Texas. November 22nd, 1963. Uh, that's on this date, 59 years ago today, 59 years ago today, that President John F. Kennedy was assassinated by a communist by the name of Lee Harvey Oswald. We always like to use all three names when they assassinate people, just, you know, in case your name is Lee Oswald. Uh, you know, it's, it's not Lee Harvey Oswald. No, no, I'm Lee Brian Oswald. Uh, but Lee Harvey, 
Um, and then, you know, I'm a patsy. And then Jack Ruby shot him and, and all kinds of crazy. But that was the assassination of, of John F. Kennedy by a communist, by a communist, 59 years ago today. I, uh, you know, I always like to point out, because I think it's kind of interesting, I like history, real history, not fake history, like Democrat history, Soviet history of the United States, uh, you know, the 1619 Project and all that revisionist stuff that the left is pushing on uh, children in America. But um, the widow of Lee Harvey Oswald is still alive and well. She is a uh, was a Soviet a Soviet bride because Lee Harvey loved the Soviet Union and communism and Cuba, fair play for Cuba and all that stuff. And he uh, got his wife Marina, Marina uh, from Severodvinsk, Russia, Soviet Union, USSR, on the White Sea, Severodvinsk, up by Archangel. And uh, I've actually been to Severodvinsk on the White Sea in northern Russia, flew into Archangel, Arkhangelsk, and uh, motorcade over to the uh, Russian submarine base in Savorodvinsk. Why? That's another story for another day. But I've uh, been to uh, there, uh, the, the uh, home station of Marina Oswald. And Marina Oswald, again, is alive and well. And this is even, and she's fine. As I understand it, she still lives in the Dallas area. She uh, remarried after her first husband was <laughs> uh, shot and killed by Jack Ruby <laughs> because, you know. But uh, Marina Oswald, alive and well, still living in the United States in uh, Dallas, Texas, or the Dallas, Texas area. And she had uh, two kids with Lee Harvey Oswald. Can you believe that? That's pretty strange stuff. And the kids, you know, they didn't do anything wrong, and the wife, uh, Marina Oswald, didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but they're still alive and well and living in the United States. They're, they're probably conservatives, you know, the kids. Uh, but it's, it's an amazing story. The United States of America is an amazing place. And Marina Oswald is 81 years old today. Well, not her birthday today, but, uh, but she's 81 years old now. And uh, pretty amazing, pretty amazing stuff. Mm -mm -mm. She married another guy in 1965 named Ken Porter. Ken Porter. And she has three children. Uh, two of them are Lee Harvey's. Lee Harvey's kids. And they are uh, alive and well and living somewhere in the United States. And they didn't do anything wrong. But what a, what a legacy, what a family legacy that would be. You think your father's a pain in the rump. Oh, who's, who's your? Tell me about your uh, family. <laughs> well, my father was Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, but she's alive. Now, with that, let's get uh, to other uh, left-wing people in, uh, and uh, Democrats in American history. Because uh, that is amazing that, that uh, Marina Oswald is still alive and well. 80, and not, you know, 81 years old. Uh, one year older than Joe Biden, for example. And uh, two kids who are in their 60s that are the children of Lee Harvey Oswald and his Soviet bride, Marina. Uh, and uh, boy, oh boy, we're a very generous and kind country. You wouldn't be allowed to just, you know, live a normal life after that in a lot of places. 
But let me go to another, because yesterday was an important date in American political history, especially if you're a feminist. I'm making quotation marks with my fingers. Because uh, yesterday was the 100-year anniversary of the first woman to be sworn in as a member of the United States Senate, November 21st, 1922. And Smithsonian Magazine, you know, like the Smithsonian Institution, they decided to write up a story on it because it's a great moment for feminism. Uh, And today in history, November 21st, uh, 2022, the nation's first woman senator, listen to this headline, was a virulent white supremacist, a virulent, good use of the word virulent white supremacist. In 1922, Rebecca Latimer Felton, a Georgia women's rights activist, kind of like Hillary Clinton and uh, Jane Fonda, Hanoi Jane Fonda. She's a communist. In 1922, Rebecca Latimer Felton, a Georgia women's rights activist and lynching proponent, temporarily filled a dead man's Senate seat. Sure, temporarily. Uh, a, A century ago, on November 21st, 1922, suffragists flocked to the Senate chamber to watch 87-year-old Rebecca Latimer Felton become the country's first woman senator. The grand old woman from Georgia, as newspapers dubbed her, had spent half her life fighting for women's rights in her home state of Georgia, now grayed and bent. What, what What do you think they mean by that? She raised her right hand and swore to uphold and defend the Constitution, prompting a roar of applause from the galleries. See, because she was the first woman to be sworn in as a member of the United States uh, Senate. The day marked a historic first for American women, but it's complicated by Felton's record as an outspoken white supremacist and the last member of Congress to have enslaved people. Not only did she believe black people were inferior, she also advocated lynching black men accused of raping white women a thousand times a week, if necessary, she said, and uh, in, in her infamous 1897 speech. But, uh, you know, uh, 25 years later, 1922, the Democrat governor of Georgia uh, selected her to replace a uh, senator who uh, died uh, shortly after uh, assuming his position in the United States Senate. Now, uh, this aspect of Felton's legacy, along with the fact she served... Um, This is uh, kind of a trick they're pulling here. She served just 22 hours and 25 minutes uh, uh, while the Senate was in session. Uh, And she never actually cast a congressional vote. Has led some modern observers to overlook her story. Why would you overlook her story? But Crystal Feemster, a historian at Yale University, the author of Southern Horrors, Women and the Politics of Rape and Lynching, See, this is the story of the of this uh, the first woman to serve in the Senate, right? And and she advocated lynching on an epic scale for all kinds of things. Now, the the interesting thing about this story in Smithsonian Magazine is that it is if you go to print it out, it's twenty seven pages long. You would print twenty seven pages, right? And they uh, they talk about her how her husband. Uh, William made three successful bids for Congress as an independent Democrat. That was a party at the time. 
representing Georgia. Uh, and uh, and then they mention also that because I'm looking to say, well, what what uh, is her political party? Uh, she's uh, the story says that Felton, the first woman, blamed lynchings. There was a uh, there were a series of lynchings. Uh, of African-American men in Georgia, and she blamed the lynchings on Democratic politicians who plied black men with liquor on Election Day at the polls, as well as a failure of religious leaders and the courts to prevent crime and deliver justice, you see. Said if white men couldn't protect women's dearest possessions from the ravagings uh, the the ravening human beasts, she said, of African-American men. Then I say lynch a thousand times a week if necessary. Now, this is quite a story in Smithsonian Magazine. There's, there's one funny little detail, though, that's left out of the story. And that is the detail that she is a, uh, a Democrat. She's a Democrat, virulent, racist, pro-lynching, white supremacist, and Democrats like... Hey, first woman in the Senate was a Democrat. And then they leave all this out. Now, what Smithsonian Magazine did is they included all the racist stuff and then left out that she's a Democrat. One minor detail. Well, you know, let's not get caught up in who killed who. Honestly. So I was, uh, in, in any case, uh, I saw the story. Uh, a friend, uh, Tim, sent me the story yesterday. And... Um, and I said, oh, that's kind of interesting because yesterday was the 100-year anniversary, and I like historical footnotes. This is a historical footnote. I thought that's kind of interesting, and I went looking at it, and then Tim said, uh, see if you notice anything missing. And, and I looked and I looked, and sure enough, gosh, they forgot to mention um, that she's a, she was a Democrat. Now, why would that be left out? You know, the first African-American to serve in the Senate was Hiram Revels, and he was a Republican, and uh, he was not pro-lynching, and he was not a white supremacist, and he was a Republican, the party of abolition, that is uh, the uh, abolishing of slavery. The Democrat Party was the party of keeping slavery. Uh, but Hiram Revels, the first African-American, a Republican, the first woman to serve in the Senate, was this virulent, racist, white supremacist, pro-lynching Democrat. And uh, the Smithsonian Magazine has a story that's 27 pages long and forgot to mention her political party. Oops, gosh, did we overlook that at Smithsonian Magazine of the Smithsonian Institution? Yes, you apparently did. So I, I uh, started doing a little looking around, and I went to the U.S. Senate website. The United States Senate has uh, its W's, senate.gov. Uh, slash senators, and then they have uh, bios of everyone that served in the Senate. And so I found the Rebecca Latimer Felton bio on the U.S. Senate website. And uh, it's clear that the Senate is being controlled by the Democrats right now because her own page on the U.S. Senate website does not mention that she's a Democrat. Isn't that amazing? This is what information dominance is all about, right? This is, uh, it, it's George Orwell's version of history. This is the Soviet version of American history. And the Democrats own it. There is no mention of the fact on her own U.S. Senate website, webpage, that, uh, that she is a, a Democrat. 
And that is why I like to say it's good to be a Democrat, because the propaganda apparatus is everywhere. From Stephen Colbert to Saturday Night Live to the U.S. Senate website to Smithsonian Magazine, they sanitize this for the Democrat Party's protection. And uh, isn't that amazing? You can go to a, a Wikipedia page that is dedicated to her, and that does identify her as a Democrat. You can find more scholarly pursuits that identify her as a Democrat, but the Smithsonian Magazine, owned by Smithsonian, funded by taxpayers, uh, sanitized their 27-page story on the 100-year anniversary of the first woman being sworn in as a member of the U.S. Senate. Isn't that amazing? It is good to be a Democrat. Rebecca Latimer Felton, virulent white supremacist, racist, pro-lynching, Democrat. Uh, the last part you're going to have to find on your own. Isn't that amazing? Yes, it is. <laughs> and since our, uh, our caller Julie uh, called in, our listener, our wonderful listener Julie called in, and there's a, a sign in her bank about Ellis Island and all the millions of people that came through Ellis Island when Ellis Island was the primary port of entry for immigrants coming to the United States of America across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, I've got a fascinating story for you about that with uh, some remarkable, remarkable tales to, uh, to tell. Boy, boy, oh boy, let me tell you right now. Because the lie is so big that no one would dare not believe it. And if we had a news media, boy, what if we had a news media? Also, did you see that soccer game yesterday, the U.S. playing in the World Cup in Doha, Qatar? You know, it's, you see they're fighting over how to pronounce Qatar again? Democrats love all this idiocy about fighting over pronunciations. Well, that's not how they pronounce it there. Uh, how do they pronounce Paris in Paris, moron? Uh, you know how I pronounce uh, Qatar now? Kiev. I pronounce it Kiev because that's my updated pronunciation of of Qatar. Is Qatar? Qatar. Qatar? No, it's Qatar, just like it's always been. It's the English pronunciation, the American pronunciation. How do you think they pronounce uh, Venezuela and New York? Shut up. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. Yeah, the New York Times, which lies to everyone, and then they're arrogant about it. They had a headline a couple of days ago. How are you you pronouncing Qatar? It's probably wrong. It's probably wrong. Um, why don't you uh, beep, uh, beep, uh, and then beep, beep yourself. Honestly. CNN has the headline, English speakers. Here's how to pronounce Qatar. Um, is it uh, GFY? Is that, how you, <laughs> is that how you pronounce it? And again, I, I've decided I'm going to go with the old-fashioned pronunciation of Kiev. <laughs> Kiev. Lecturing us on how to pronounce something we've been pronouncing since we were five years old. I got an idea, but I can't say it here because of FCC regulations. Let's go to, uh, let's go to the uh, telephones. Let's go to Mike calling from Falls Church, Virginia. Michael, you're on the Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris. Hey, Mike. Uh, it goes on over and over and over again. You, you know, you're, uh, you like to call Southern uh, racist and all the rest Democrats, but uh, because, you know, at the time they had that label. 
but I don't I don't know what you what you mean. I don't know what you mean. At the time, who had what label? Uh, these uh, racist uh, Southerners who happened to be conservatives. I mean, I mean, I think we can. Uh, all in, what, in what way? In what way were they conservatives? Well, one of the main ways is that they were, uh, you know, they had this false idea of what Christianity is. And, uh, is that what, is that what a conservative is? They have a false idea of what Christianity is. Now, I, you're, you're kind of all yeah, over the map here. It had nothing to do with Christ. It had nothing it's to do with, I see, Christianity any, has nothing to do with Christ. You know, they were anti-gay. What, what, are, uh, what they, are you they, talking they about? Like in the, loving the prostitute, they hated the prostitute. They hated anybody that didn't live up to their, their ideal of what was virtuous. I, there was I, a lot of hate. That's, I, that, that's why I think. Well, uh, well and, they were and, they're, and they were Democrats. Is that what you're talking about? You're, you're being very mean to Democrats, aren't you? <laughs> I'm de- being very mean to the people that called themselves Democrats back then, but they were conservatives. But they were, they were yeah. Very, very, I know this is this is a great Democrat Party talking point. No, they were Democrats and they were racists, and you guys are just going to have to come to terms with that because, you know, Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, was an elected Democrat, right? Right. He was. Yeah, okay. He, he, was he, he a conservative? <laughs> How about Abraham he was Lincoln? Absolutely a conservative. He was a conservative. He, he was racist. It was a racist, false Christian. Uh, just like conservatives of today. They don't want black people to vote, for example. Wow. You don't want black people to live. You kill 40% of them in the womb, and then you uh, put the rest into single-parent households, and then you have the school-to-prison pipeline. Uh, and, uh, you know, 9,900 African Americans died of murder last year, and you guys uh, don't raise an eyebrow about it, and they're in all your cities. Now, I know this is a Democrat Party talking point, that, uh, but here's the, here's the bottom line. There are Democrats and they were racists. Deal with it. Uh, it's got nothing to do with Jesus. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.